Welcome to the Rock of Grace Warren podcast. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. We are wrapping up um, our rhythm series, so we're on week four, um, and it's just exciting um, for me to get to be able to be here, and so thank you guys for this opportunity, and thanks, love, for giving up the, the pulpit for one week for me. Thank you. Um, so, as, but as we talk about rhythms, we all have rhythms, like whether we realize it or not, all of you got dressed this morning. Thank you for doing that. That's a rhythm. You all get up in the morning, you get dressed. I appreciate it. I think your neighbors appreciate it. We appreciate that. We're so thankful. Many of you probably get up in the morning, you make coffee or tea, or maybe you get something to drink, or maybe you're one of those like super inspired people and you exercise. Go for that. Like that is a rhythm. That's amazing. But we all have them. Um, I, I, as you guys know, I have two sweet babies and love them dearly. And this was probably about two and a half years ago. And you know, if you have children, they have certain rhythms as well. And you should abide within those rhythms if you'd like your life to stay peaceful. Um, and you, you know, especially with like daylight saving times and stuff, their little rhythms get so thrown off and it's just a hot mess. So about two and a half years ago, we were having some people come over to our house, and I was like, oh, I need some groceries. All right, I've got to go to the grocery store. And this was like before Instacart and grocery pickup and whatever. So I'm like, all right. So uh, Adeline was at preschool, so I just had my one son, Silas, and somehow I had spaced it. And like, if you know him, he is a snacks person, like the snacks, you need the snacks. And I had spaced it and totally forgotten snacks. So we get to the grocery store and this poor two-year-old is surrounded by all of these snacks that he cannot have. And he flips out. I mean, like, and normally he was a pretty, like, as long as he had sleep and food, he was a great, happy baby. But I had messed up the rhythm that time. And this sweet son of mine, I went to pick him up to put him in the cart, like to set him in like, you know, where the little, their little feet go. And he just put himself completely straight like this and would not move. Like he's wailing at the top of his lungs, just like this. And so I'm like picking him up like, okay, okay, not going in, not going in. And you can tell. So what I ended up doing was I just picked him up and I laid him like this in the bottom of the cart. And I was like, that's it. Not like on the bottom, but like in the back of the cart. And I'm just pushing him like this through the store. And so as I'm pushing him, he's, <laughs> you know, like screaming. And you could tell the people that had been around children and understood when their rhythms get off, it's a hot mess. Because there were mothers that would like see me coming and they would just get out of the way. They're like, you go. And then there were other people that would see me coming and they'd do this. Like, how could she? I'm like, I'm just here for noodles and chicken. Like, it's fine. We got. So what I ended up doing was I took a box of Cheez-Its. That's the gold. It's gold. Cheez-Its. I set them in the cart. And sure enough, he's sitting up just eating Cheez-Its. And we were fine. Because I had gotten him back on his rhythm. He was good to go. And then people were just walking past. They're like, okay, all right, okay. And other moms were like, she got it. She got, I leveled up that day, y'all, leveled up. You take things off the shelf, you pay for it later, it's fine. You just open it and you feed it to the baby. That's what you do. You're welcome. You guys can save that for later. Um, 
but our lives are composed of rhythms, whether we realize it or not. And our rhythms can absolutely ruin you. Because what happens is we may not recognize those rhythms as they're happening in our life. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about today about how our rhythms can help us or how they can hurt us. A lot of times what we find ourselves doing is we're walking in, it's like we're walking in a circle. And I would walk in a circle, but I'm probably going to trip. So just picture that I'm walking around. We're walking in a circle, and we continue walking in a circle. And we just keep walking in a circle, and we're wondering, Lord, I would really like to be over here, but this is where I'm at. This is, I'm just walking in this circle. And we can see where the Lord would like to take us, but our rhythms keep us in this circle. That's it. We're right here. We're right here. It's just a circle, and we can't break out of it. We can't get free. And so we're going to talk today about a couple of steps that can help us to not just identify our rhythms, but to replace them with what the Lord would have us to replace them with. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And how many times do we do that in our own life? We go to the same place, and we run into the same sin issue. Or we talk to the same person every morning, every afternoon. Maybe it's every week you run into the same person. You meet with them for lunch, and you end up gossiping, and you leave, and you're like, I just shouldn't have said that. Or maybe as a parent, you yell a little bit too much, or you're a little bit too short, and you lay in bed at night, and you're like, I shouldn't have said it that way. I know that, Lord, you're calling me to be better. You want me to be different. I should have said it differently. And we get stuck in these rhythms over and over, and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to let us recognize what's happening in our life and to renew them. So that's um, maybe you, you look at your phone and your laptop every night. You see stuff you know you shouldn't look at. But it has that pull. It has that tug. You're stuck in that same rhythm because every night when you're by yourself, that's when it happens. And we don't take the time to completely stop that rhythm and start something else. So there is absolutely hope for us today. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 says, so with a view to righteousness. I love that. So with a view to righteousness. And we see in the Bible, um, raise your hand if you've ever heard a story of sowing and reaping found in the Bible. We've, we've heard it over and over and over, right? And I love what Jesus did because when he was on the earth, he took incredibly common things to people and he used them to explain spiritual concepts that we might not have otherwise gotten. So if you lived back in Bible times, you would have either worked in a field, you would have known somebody who owned a field, or you would have walked past a field on your way like into the market. And so as you were walking past that field, you would see the toil that it took for them to, to begin planting, for them to prepare the soil, for them to plant. And then as you're walking past that field, a couple months later, you would also begin to see the crops starting to grow and what it took for them. And so Jesus took this concept that people walked past that they saw every day. And he said, listen, in your spiritual life, it's the same way. It's the exact same way. You can't sow negative things and then wonder why you're still stuck in the same circle. We can't do it, but we do every day. I do every day. 
We can't consume all of the negative stuff. We can't keep scrolling that Facebook feed and that Instagram and continue scrolling and continue scrolling and then wonder why when we put that phone down and we start looking at our life, we can't see it through the lens of eternity because we've planted and we've sowed things into ourselves that is not the truth of what God's word is saying about us or our situation or our circumstances. See, there's hope. There is absolutely hope. And so today we're going to talk about how honoring God and God-honoring rhythms can be not only sustaining, but incredibly sanctifying. And we'll get a little bit further into that. If we choose to construct our rhythms of our life around the commands that God has given to us, we can absolutely rely on them to sustain us in a period of desperation. Anybody ever been in a period of desperation where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the next day or the next hour or the next moment. But I want to tell you today that if you structure your life in a way in accordance to what God has commanded you, you will rely on those rhythms to come back to you again and again, and they will sustain you. They will sustain you. And that's encouraging to me because I know that there are times in my life when I hit a wall. I don't want to read my Bible because it's difficult. I don't want to go to church on Sunday because it's my only day to sleep in. But those rhythms that I have set in place and that we can set in place in our lives can sustain us because guess what? Oh, I'm jumping ahead. We'll go back. Okay. There's one verse that will let you help you evaluate your rhythms. You guys ready for it? It's one verse. It literally, I because I did it for you. You're welcome. So I took like this verse and I was like aligning certain rhythms. I was like, does it work for this one? Yes. Does it work for this one? Yes. Does it work? Yes. Here it is. You guys ready for the verse? Okay. <clears throat> Philippians chapter four, verse eight. And many of you have probably heard it before. It says, finally, brothers. And I'm reading, I'll read the NIV. It says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And we know our thoughts become our beliefs, and our beliefs become our actions. So if we can get our thoughts right, our beliefs are going to fall in line with the word of God. And if our beliefs fall in line with the word of God, then our actions follow so easily. So finally, brothers, whatever is true, is what I read on Facebook or what I watch in the news, is that the truth? We'll give you a hint. It's, it's probably not always true. <laughs> and if it is true, is it in the lens through, through the lens of eternity? It's not. It's not. Because I have a hope far beyond this world. Amen. And no matter what happens, no matter what the news says, no matter what any of my friends may say or how they feel or no matter how high the cost of gas may be, I know where my eternity is going to be spent. And that can give me hope. Is it noble to gossip? Nope. It's not. It's really easy to gossip, though. Is it noble? No, it's not. Is it admirable to look at that every night by yourself? It's not. It's not admirable. Every single one of your rhythms can be lined up with this verse. And so this is the evaluating verse that you can use. So take this verse... Put it as the background on your phone. Put it as the background on your computer. Paste it to your refrigerator. 
put it by your coffee maker, write it on your mirror. You can write on your mirror with a dry erase marker. Write it on your mirror so that every day you're seeing that we can align our thoughts, which will then become our beliefs, and our beliefs guide our actions. So that's the verse. It's it. You're welcome. But it's not time to leave yet. We're going to go a little farther. (laughs) The three ways, uh, what we do as far as recognizing if a rhythm is God-honoring or not, the first thing we want to do is recognize it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if you have a rhythm in your life that does not please God. Recognize it. Guess what? He's going to answer you. Every time, every time he will answer you. And so go ahead and create space in your life for the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you. Turn off the radio if you're driving in the car. Wake up an extra five minutes early. Maybe put that phone on do not disturb for just just five minutes. Create space for the Holy Spirit to be able to prick your spirit and to say, hey, something's not right here. Something's not right here. Any of you ever felt that before? I feel it often. <laughs> he, sometimes also he smacks me upside the head with it. It's not always just like a prick. It's like a get it together. We've been over this. I don't think he says it that way, but that's how I feel because I have like oh, still back in the same circle, back in the same circle. He's like, get, come on, I got the answer. So first thing we want to do is recognize. Second thing we want to do is repent. Ask for forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 says he is faithful and just, and he will forgive our sins. We know Jesus has already paid the price for us. There is nothing you can do that will make the Lord love you any less. There is nothing you can do that he cannot forgive you. He has already paid the price and you are forgiven. But repenting is not just asking for forgiveness. The word repent actually means to turn away. And Paul says in Romans, he says, should we go on sinning so that grace may abound? No. No, because it's our goal to look a little bit more like Jesus every day. And so once we start to to recognize, hey, there's a problem here. I'm repentant. I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to do this again. And then I'm going to turn away from it. The next step for us is to renew it. We're going to replace it with something else. So we've recognized, we've repented, and now we're going to renew it. And you guys, oh, this is like the coolest thing. And I tried to figure out why I had heard this before, but I couldn't figure it out. So I can't take credit for this part. Um, It was in a book, and I'll try to find it. But we want to replace it with something else. So we're going to replace it with a God-honoring rhythm. So perhaps, um, for example, you tend to kind of be really difficult on yourself. Like you're like, man, I'm just not making it. I can't do this. Or things are just not going well. It's not working the way I want it to go. Or my relationships are not going the way I want it to go. We're going to replace that with the fact that, no, I am where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm called to do. And I am who God says I am. So we don't just step away from it, but we're going to replace it with the truth of God's word. We're going to align it with that truth. So God, the Bible is like, it's incredible. So it was, it was way far beyond its time because (laughs) Romans 12, one and two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good pleasing, and perfect will. That part that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get this. And this is where, okay, there are neural pathways in your brain, and those are developed by habits over and over. When you get up in the morning, you get dressed. That's a habit. You just, you do it. You don't have to think about it. It's a habit. 
those neural pathways can be shifted. They can absolutely be changed by the way that you construct your life. So when God was saying, renew your mind, what he was saying was, with my help, if you yield to me, I will literally take and shift those neural pathways to be exactly what I have called you to do. Crazy, right? Crazy that God was saying in his word, I have not just said, hey, here is what, here's the way, walk in it. But I have creatively designed you and your brain to have the capacity to do this. What? I love that because it gives me hope. Because the creator of the world, the person who knit me together in my mother's womb said, here's the way, walk in it. And I have designed you to do it that way. I built you to do it that way. So we're going to recognize, we're going to repent, and we're going to renew. You can replace a bad habit. You can replace, you can shift your rhythms because God gives us the ability to be able to do that. He provides the power and the capacity, and he has built us for that. When our rhythms are God-honoring, they're sanctifying, and they're sustaining. (sighs) Like I said before, if you have walked through a difficult time in your life, everybody just, I know it's a little bit probably sad or difficult to think about. Think about that time in your life. Everybody has a difficult time. It was difficult to get up in the morning, difficult to go through the next step. Everything, you kind of feel like you're trudging through mud sometimes. Whereas normally you can just kind of walk normal, but you're just like, and even the littlest amount of thing takes the biggest effort. But in those seasons, if we set up our rhythms to be God-honoring, they will sustain us. For, for example, we're tempted to go by our feelings in those moments. Anybody, if life gets difficult, you want to do what you feel like doing, right? Sit on the couch and binge a show and eat as much ice cream as humanly possible. Can I get an Amen. Yes, that's what you want to do in those difficult days. Or sleep as much as possible. I love to sleep. Um, sleep as much as possible. In those days, you, you just, you can't do it. But that's when God comes in. He says, listen, these commands, the things that I have asked, the things that I've required of you, I have put them in place to sustain you through difficult times. For example, let's talk about coming to church. If you decide one of my rhythms is going to be once a week, I'm coming to church. That's it. It's non-negotiable. I'm not going to let work. Not going to get sports in the way. One time a week, I'm coming to church. In one year, let's say you, you miss a couple. Maybe you're sick. You go on vacation. In one year, you will have heard 50 sermons. You will have been able to be in corporate worship, worship, praise Jesus, 50 times. If you have children, your children would have heard the word of God 50 times in one year because you decided to say this one habit, this one rhythm, I'm keeping it and I'm going to stand on it because it will sustain me. And guess what? It gets easier every time to get ready for church. It gets a lot easier. For some reason, the shoes that you could find Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, on on Sunday, they're not there. They're not there. Um, it's just not, it's not, they're not there, but 
Every time it gets easier. So then you learn Saturday night, you find the shoes and you set them by the door. That's what you learn as things. Um, let's talk, maybe it's reading your Bible. And it can be difficult. It's hard sometimes, especially if you don't have a version of the Bible that you like to read, find another one. And Andrew and I are happy to help you. We have Bibles in the back even. We're, we're happy to help you find one that speaks to you, that you're able to understand. Um, maybe reading the Bible is something that has not necessarily been a priority for you, but leaving here today, you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible. And listen, we don't need to start with reading the book of Leviticus. You don't have to do that, okay? You don't have to. But let's start reading one proverb a day. If you read just one verse, even, of Proverbs a day, at the end of the year, 365 verses. At the end of three years, that's over 1,000 verses by reading just one. Just one verse a day. But as people, sometimes what we think about is, well, that one verse is not really going to make a difference. But that one verse every day makes a difference. I love um, Dunkin' Donuts. They're my favorite. And if I love their chocolate chip muffins, which are like their giant chocolate chip muffins. If I were to eat one chocolate chip muffin every day, the whole thing by myself, day one, I may not see a difference. Day three, I wouldn't see a difference. Day 30, day 50... You all would start to see a difference in me at that point, but they're so good. But our habits, our daily habits have a compounding effect. If we set our rhythms up and we say, you know what, every day I'm going to read one verse, then all of a sudden at the end of three years, we've read a thousand verses. And daily habits have that compounding effect for us. Now, our rhythms are not just sustaining, but they can be sanctifying. Sanctifying is a really fancy word. Um, what it means is just to look more like Jesus every day. And, I, you know, I've got some news for you. You may have been saved 25 years. You may have been saved 45 years. You may have been saved 20 minutes. But um, you still are not perfect. Like, I'm not perfect. I saw some of you look at your spouse. You're like, amen. Amen. That's it. Yep, we're not. Um, we're not perfect. We can still continue. And we won't ever be perfect until we get to heaven. So there's always room for improvement. <laughs> and I know that for myself as well. Um, but our rhythms are the catalyst that God uses to mold us into looking more like his son. He uses the mundane things in our lives to develop our character. Washing dishes, going to work helping a friend, folding laundry, all of these rhythms can be sanctifying if we offer them to the Lord. As I'm folding laundry, sometimes I'm listening to podcasts. Other times I'm praying for my kids as I fold their laundry. And folding laundry to me, I don't know what it is about it. It is not relaxing. I know some people find it relaxing. I do not find it relaxing. And where do all the socks go? I don't know where they go, but they're gone. But even folding laundry can be sanctifying. You're going to do the same thing over and over and over again. But through consistency, our faithfulness is developed. Through the adversity that we go through, the things we push through, we start to develop patience. And it's the moment-by-moment moment steps in the mundane 
going through the day-to-day that God uses to sanctify us. And our rhythms can be incredibly messy, especially if you're a parent. Going through the day-to-day is a hot mess at times. It is. Can I get an amen? Yes. (laughs) Um, And we won't always see the other side of things until much later in life. When we're in the trenches, when we're serving day after day, hour by hour, and moment by moment, we're not always going to see the eternal impact that we're making when we're tying the same shoe again, or we're filling the same bowl with goldfish that spilled in the back of the car, or we're finding the same four pairs of shoes, or we're folding those same little t-shirts, or we're looking for the same missing stuffed animal. We won't always see that eternal impact, but it's bit by bit, by bit, and stitch, by stitch, by stitch, which is what we're going to talk about in just a second. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and this is the message translation. It said, says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. What does that sound like? It sounds like rhythms to me. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture. Rhythm, circle, circle again and again. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. So with a view to righteousness, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, renew, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you, sanctification. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. I love how it says that. It speaks so much to our rhythms. And I think in the day-to-day of our lives, we lose sight of eternity and of the impact that eternity, we can have on eternity through our everyday, ordinary life. Um, Miss Catherine made this, and I was so happy to have it. We talked about how our little rhythms have the ability to have a compounding effect. And so each of these stitches can represent a rhythm in our life. Each and every one. Maybe it's one Bible verse read. One time we've come, Sunday church. We've decided we're going to do this over and over. We do it over and over, and we see this side in our life, right? And it's a little bit messy. You can see there's some frayed edges here because it's not perfect because we're not perfect. And so there's stitch after stitch, and we keep doing the right thing. We line our feelings up with the truth of God's word. We recognize when a rhythm is not You can go ahead and come up, Will. Thank you. We recognize when a rhythm is not something the Lord would have for us, we repent, we turn away, and yet over and over, we're still staying faithful. We're doing the same thing. And then, and maybe someday um, on the earth, we get a little bit glimpse, a glimpse of what it looks like. 
And maybe another day we get another little glimpse of what it looks like. But I want, I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to encourage you, you will not know the impact of the God-honoring rhythms that you set up until you get to heaven. And when we get to heaven, we can see the whole thing put together. And she sent this one to me as well. And so, because it has the back on it, but I want it to be able, so we can, we'll be able to see the whole thing put together in its entirety. And I love that picture for our lives because when we're in the day-to-day, it doesn't feel like we're making a real pretty thing because we don't always see what God's working in our hearts or in our lives, but he is. Stitch by stitch, rhythm by rhythm and day by day, and sometimes it's minute by minute because that's all you can do, and that's okay. We're going to remain faithful and true to what he's called us to. If you've been listening and you're realizing, you say, you know what, I want this opportunity to live this life. And maybe you you haven't given God the opportunity. You haven't said, God, here, take my everyday life, my walking around, my everyday life, and I'm offering it to you. If that's you, I want to tell you today that through his son, Jesus, he's provided a way for us to spend eternity with him. And that's incredible. And I'm so excited about that. And so in just a second, we're a little bit of time, we're going to open these altars. And if that's you and you say, you know what, I want to give God my every day, ordinary, my walking around life. These altars will be open for you and there will be people who want to pray with you. We want to introduce you to Jesus. It's our honor to do that. It's our honor. And maybe you've been saved for 20 plus years. Or maybe you've been saved for 20 minutes. And as I was talking and as I was sharing the word of the Lord with you, you thought, you know, one of those three steps, I'm on one of those three steps. I'm going to give you a little hint. We are all on one of those three steps because we've not made it yet. We're not perfect. So maybe you are at the point where you know something is not right. It's not sitting right. Your life is not the way that you know it should be. You need to recognize what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Recognize, and he will tell you absolutely every time he will tell you. And if it's okay if you can't hear him clearly, we're here to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Okay, and we can absolutely help guide you through that process. Maybe you're on step number two. You know exactly what rhythm you have, that this whole time I was speaking, the Holy Spirit was tapping on your shoulder. He said, that's it. You know it. That's the one. That's it. And he's tapping on your shoulder. And you're kind of squirming a little bit like, oh, well, I don't think that's the one you were meaning, you know. And he's like, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one I'm addressing. That's the one I'm speaking to you about. Maybe you're in step number three. You've recognized that it's a problem. You've repented. You've said, that's it. I'm done. I'm turning away. But now you're in that renewing phase where you need to position yourself in such a way to be able to hear the voice of God so very clearly as far as what the next step is for you. So in just this minute, we're going to open these altars and if you, are, if you said, hey, I want to take my everyday ordinary life and lay it before the Lord for the very first time, or if you are saying, listen, I want to take my everyday ordinary life and lay it before the Lord for the 15th time, 
because I know that one of those steps I'm at, I'm at one of those steps. If that's you, we're going to open these altars in just a minute. And I just ask that you respond to the Holy Spirit. And when I say open the altars, I say, I mean, this place is available for you to come pray. If you come and step up here to pray, we will pray with you. Like I said, it's our honor to do that. I count it a privilege. Maybe you need to sit at your chair. You need to turn around at your chair and you need to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I am so sorry for what I've been blind to, for what I didn't see. Or you need to say, God, I'm stuck. That renew part, I feel like I've turned away. I've left some things behind. And what's next? If that's you in these next couple of minutes, you can come to the altar and respond. You can sit at your chair and respond. And you can say, Lord, what's next? What step am I on? And what do you have for me? I'm going to say a prayer. And then we'll, um, as I'm praying, you guys are free to come to the altars. Pray at your seats. Father, I come before you. I thank you that you have provided us with the strength, with the energy to take that every day, walking around life and to offer it to you. So I pray even today as we're sitting here and we're, we're giving your Holy Spirit space to speak to us. Lord, that I believe that you are tapping on shoulders, that you're dropping things into hearts, you're dropping things into minds. Lord, I pray that there have been habits that have gone on for generations and as well, that's just how it's been. My dad did that, my mom did that, my grandma did that, my grandpa did that. Habits for generations. Today they are broken in the name of Jesus, not just for them, but for the generations that will follow them because they understand the power of God-honoring rhythms. Jesus, I pray specifically for the person that feels as if they are stuck. They're not even moving through the mud. They are absolutely stuck. Lord, show up and meet them today. God, give them the strength to do one more thing. Meet them there, Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit speak to each and every one of us today, Father. In your precious name we pray. If you enjoyed today's message, there are a couple things I would love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today by going to give.rockofgrace.org. And thanks again for joining us on the Rock of Grace Warren podcast.